Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us once again. You are listening to A Little Off Topic, one agency's water cooler chat on digital marketing, business, and all the things that get in the way, presented by Speak Creative. So on the heels of a very successful episode with our very first guest, Ty Stenson from Speak's video team, uh, we've gone back to the well and grabbed another guest from around the office, but this time it's the man who, without him, there would be no A Little Off Topic podcast. That's right, I'm talking about the founder and CEO of Speak Creative himself, Jacob Savage. Uh, Jacob's been at this for more than two decades, going on 22 plus years, I believe. Uh, During that time, under his leadership, Speak's grown from a passion project to a full-service digital agency with a Nashville satellite location, as well as a remote team scattered around the globe. Uh, With that in mind, our theme for today's episode is growth and adapting to growth in your business. Uh, As per usual, my name is David Caffey, and I'm Speak's Digital Marketing Manager. In addition to Jacob, we'll be joined by the Speak VP Trio. Kendra Svensson is VP of Client Partnerships. The first of our two Matts is Matt Roberts, VP of Marketing and Sales. And finally with us again is Matt Irvin, VP of Creative Services. So we'll start today's edition with a Q&A with Jacob. We'll talk about his background, what led him to the agency world, and his thoughts and observations on two decades plus of leading and growing a business. After the interview with Jacob, we'll expand our topic with a conversation on how growth has affected the other leaders that speak. We'll also talk about when it's time to push the gas on growing a business versus finding efficiency with the resources that you already have. Uh, Finally, we'll share some of our favorite moments and stories from the 20 plus year history of Speak so far. So big episode today, let's get right to it. As always, thank you for taking the time to listen to our show today, and I hope you enjoy today's episode of A Little Off Topic. Thank you guys once again for joining us. Uh, it's hot summer day, I think. They're telling me it's hot outside, maybe. It's the middle of summer. Um, so we got a hot episode today for you guys. that We had such a great success with our last guest. We've scrounged around the office to find another guest. Uh, but as always, we got the VP trio. Uh, Got the VP trio. Kendra, how's the summer so far? It's been eight days of summer officially. How's yours so far? I just bought a fan for my desk. So yeah, it's hot. Desk fan. I support it. Matt Irvin, and first of the two Matts, thoughts on the season? On the season, it's hot. It's uh, it's just rained for like 30 seconds here and uh, now the sun's back out. So it's kind of like a steam room outside. It's hot. Can't argue with that. I'll take it over winter, cold and gray any day. Yeah, that's true. And then finally, of the, uh, the, the remaining Matt, uh, Matt Roberts, how's summer been so far? Pretty great, man. Just got back from the beach. Now I'm enjoying some climate-controlled office situation and also drinking hot coffee. So I've been enjoying that climate-controlled situation since February, and it's great. I love it so much. <laughs> uh, and finally, as promised, we have a big guest today, our second guest. Unfortunately, you can't go down in history as the first guest. Um, but we have the founder, CEO, uh, the man that has the keys to the office building, our landlord in the office, uh, Jacob Savage. Welcome, welcome, Jacob. Thanks, David. Hey, guys. Hey, Jacob. So uh, I think one of the things that always stands out with, with you and Speak is that it's been, I guess, 22 years now. Uh, you, you've been around. We've been around. Yikes. Um, yeah. So my first question for you is, first of all, how did you get started and uh, kind of what led you to this business in the first place? Oh, man, we should have prepared uh, for such questions. Um, <laughs> man, I got started uh, just 
kind of fiddling around with uh, what was back then called desktop publishing uh, for family and friends and uh, my church, uh, different organizations like that. And uh, kind of one project led to the next. And uh, pretty soon, after a year or so, got busy enough to uh, start building this thing into a company. Um, so this was uh, straight out of high school. I was doing this and going to classes uh, at the U of M in between. And uh, just eventually got to a point where uh, enough was enough. I wasn't doing either one very well. And uh, said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step out and just do the work thing for a little bit. I don't have a family to take care of. I don't have uh, major expenses. So uh, that's what I did. And uh, the rest is history. Very nice. So that's how you started. So that leads us into why you're still here. Oh. So what do you think has been your, your secret or why are you still here? What's your secret to longevity and the success you've had leading up to the, the past 22 years? Wow. Uh, tough questions, David. Um, I think uh, David, David is is known for his his hard hitting questions, hard hitting, hard hitting, dramatic questions. I I, I can appreciate <laughs> that. I, I'm going to steal a phrase uh, that Matt Roberts likes to use all the time, but I think that we're here still today uh, because uh, we don't get out in front of our skis very often at all, uh, in the way that we do things around here. Um, we're pretty methodical, uh, kind of slow and steady wins the race. Uh, and so through the years, uh, have chosen uh, specifically not to take on debt, uh, not to take on uh, any sort of uh, you know, special investments uh, or partners. Um, we pay a lot of attention to the financial stability of the company and make sure you know, we can make good every year and we can support the team that we have. So the uh, kind of the recent craziness that we're going through uh, with uh, the lockdown and the craziness in the market, um, we've been very fortunate to more or less take it in stride, uh, but it's not our first time. Uh, we've been through this uh, back in, what was that, 08, 09. Uh, before that was September 11th, uh, kind of the, the recent uh, events after that. And uh, just all of those lessons kind of along the way have uh, affirmed for us that uh, we just need to take it slow uh, and just do a good job daily. And I think that's made us a, a nice, uh, strong company. So I think you, you, you hit the nail on the head there. The last 20 years, this timeline to have a business has been, there's been a lot of very eventful uh, things happening in the environment and in the business environment and in the market and the world. Um, so outside of that, um, what are some of the, the other challenges, challenges you face in, the, in these 20 years in terms of running, operating, and growing an agency? Man, it's all, it's all just people. That's the, uh, the, the main uh, recurring challenge of... Uh, probably any business or most businesses, uh, especially a, a service-oriented business like we are. Um, so uh, I've been asked the question many times, you know, kind of along the way, uh, back when we were, you know, about five people, uh, do you ever think you'll grow to 10? Uh, and when we were at 10, do you ever think you'll grow to, you know, 15 or 20? Uh, at this point, we're in the mid-40s, and um, it's something you get used to, but it is a lot to deal with. Um, you know, it's... Uh, it's a challenge to bring together, uh, you know, 45 individuals to come together as a team to all pull in the same direction in order to uh, solve problems and get results for our clients. And as long as we continue to operate that way, I think that's always going to be our challenge. Um, what's made the difference for me personally is uh, 
kind of giving up on trying to get it done all by myself and uh, bringing in leaders uh, to help. So uh, a quick uh, nod to Kendra, Matt, and Matt, uh, as well as our other leaders on our team uh, that have uh, come in and, and really our day-to-day -day runs pretty independent of me, which is great. And I can focus my time on the overall direction of the company and solving uh, big problems in addition to uh, kind of repping us uh, with different uh, client opportunities and um, you know, speaking opportunities, things like that. Just go out there and, um, and help build a bridge between Speak and, and the folks that are out there in the world. I'm pretty sure at one point, I think it might have been the first time I heard somebody ask you the question of, uh, do you ever think you'll get to 25? And you said, man, I hope not. <laughs> Agreed. Good memory. And if you ask me today, do you ever think you'll get to, I don't pick the next number around number 75. Uh, my answer is I hope not. Um, <laughs> that sounds awful. But, uh, I'm sure it'll sneak up on us like uh, the, the current number has. I'm interested to hear from, Irvin and Robert's here because you guys are in your teenage years with Speak. You've been here a while, and I'm interested how you've seen that happen. So, you know, when Jacob was in the day-to-day -to, -day to now where he's not in the day-to-day -day and you maybe are, how has that shifted, and have you seen positive change from that? The thing that I think has been uh, kind of instrumental in our, our growth um, and our ability to continue um, to grow and sustain our business has been in um, kind of understanding the value of uh, people with, with very specific expertises. Um, and so, you know, to, to find the right people, to uh, not feel like you have to wear six different hats, uh, but to really understand that, um, you know, kind of each person on this team has a particular set of gifts and talents and uh, knowledge uh, that bring value to the team, then it, it, it has, I think, been instrumental really for, uh, I'm sure for Jacob, but, but for me as well, to really um, look for opportunities to empower those people and, and kind of get out of their way and, and support them. And when I kind of start to try to get too much in the middle of um, what they're doing, um, then I see that slow them down. Um, and, and then that, of course, has a knock-on effect to kind of the rest of, of what we do. So uh, I've seen that certainly, um, you know, as, as Jacob has gotten the opportunity to uh, just spend more of his time kind of... Uh, leading us in a direction and, and kind of providing um, kind of this, this really uh, kind of powerful uh, drive to do things well. Um, that's been really great. Um, and, and kind of some of the day-to-day -day stuff falls away so that he can spend more of his time on stuff like that. And, and I see the same really for, for a lot of us as we have been able to grow and, and kind of think through our architecture to really, uh, get the best out of, out of everybody here. Yeah, it, I think it's a change. Um, it simply was a change for me too, because if you, if you look at my skill set, especially when I started working at Speak, uh, it was very general. Um, I don't, I'm not, certainly not an expert at any one thing and definitely wasn't uh, at the time. So it's a different, you have to manage your people differently when you're managing a team of experts. Um, who are specialized in what they do. And you have to realize that 
uh, I had this realization recently that, Hey, you know, why don't you just jump in there and do this? And it's like, Oh, because you don't know how to do it. So, um, you know, your skill set lies elsewhere. And so, uh, it, it is definitely, it's definitely a change, um, in how you think about what you do, how you apply assets to a problem or to a, to a project. So you hit on, um, kind of the transition and I'm pretty sure this is common for any small business owner of stepping back and allowing others to take some responsibilities on. Um, what would you tell other founders or other small business owners that are kind of trying to decide if it's time to do that and how, how can they let go and kind of stop that whole, hey, we, we've talked about cliches in this podcast, but that whole working on the business versus working in the business. Um, how would you kind of guide someone into making that step like you did? Sure. Yeah, I think it starts with um, if that's something that you want. Uh, there are plenty of businesses that um, business owners, uh, business leaders that uh, are loving what they're doing at uh, as an individual or as a you know team of five or ten or fifteen, and and that's totally fine. Uh, there's nothing that says uh, a company has to always keep growing and has to you know uh, you know reach a particular size. I think for us though, uh, for me personally. It was uh, part, part of what I enjoy about business is uh, the business operation itself, the, the, the entity apart from the particular thing that we're doing. So I like the financial side. I like the strategy side of it. And um, so the way that that plays out or what that means for us, I guess, is I like to see what the company can do. What is, it, what is its potential and what does it mean uh, for us to uh, to help the business reach its potential. Uh, so if somebody's listening and, uh, and that's something that's interesting to them, they want to see where the business can go. They have to realize that it's, it's only going to go so far um, with themselves uh, as a limiter on the company. As, as Matt Irvin was just saying, um, you know, even if you're an extremely talented individual, there's really only so much you can do. You only have so much talent, so much time. And so for a company to scale, um, you need to spread out that load, uh, and, and how far you spread it out depends on, uh, how much you want to scale. Um, but you're never going to get there if, if you, you know, rely just on yourself and just on your skill set. uh, you're gonna make a lot of people pretty frustrated because the team around you will see opportunities to grow. Um, but you're holding the company back because you're not empowering those individuals to take the ball and run with it. And those, uh, particular arenas where they see that, uh, possibility. Uh, still 22 years, long time. I know, I think I've heard a lot of these stories before and I'm sure Matt, Matt and Kendra can, can back it up. But what are some of your favorite or funniest memories or moments over the time, uh, you've been with speak or been running speak? Is there, is there a limited, a limit on the number that I can mention? I know, yeah, I know there's no shortage of them. I guess let's go with uh, three. 13, oh, okay. Um, well, so one, one would be uh, early in our, in our operations, uh, technically, um, we hosted a couple dozen, I guess, websites out of some servers that sat on a desk in, uh, in my office. Um, that is in no way advisable. Uh, but back in the day, it certainly wasn't the worst setup around for sure. Um, and so, uh, we realized that, Hey, if the power goes off, then the servers are going to stop working and the power goes off here. So, uh, we got a, um, a universal or an uninterruptible power supply that could run the servers for up to 60 minutes. 
and it was big and heavy and I don't know, it probably cost three or 400 bucks, which again, back then was also some pretty good expense for us. And uh, then we realized, okay, well, what if, what do we do if the power is going to be off for more than an hour? And, you know, so what are we supposed to do? And so Jacob was like, well, I have a Honda generator at my house, so I'll bring it over here. So Jacob brought a generator and we put it in the alley behind the, uh, <laughs> behind, uh, the flower shop where, um, that we were next door to at the time. And, uh, also there was a grill back there too, which was pretty funny. Uh, and then, so he decided at one point that everybody on the team should know how to help out in the case of like a power outage. And so he decided that he would conduct a drill <laughs> and, uh, a drill, like a power outage drill. Okay. So what do we do? And so like, no lie one day he's like, all right, this is it. Here's the drill and starts. I think you're banging on something. I uh, like, this is it. Power's out. What do we do? What do we do? I flipped and the breaker. One, you threw the breaker. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, a people, Wait, a few people lose their work. They were yeah. in the middle of not saving yet. Yeah. Which also <laughs> learn that, right. Learn that lesson. So anyway, at the time we had a designer working for us who she probably weighed 80 pounds soaking wet. I mean, not a very big person at all. And he was like, all right, you have to crank the generator. <laughs> and so she was out there and I don't think she could pull the cord. Um, so eventually we called in a, a pinch cranker, but uh, that was a great one. The, the, I think we only did the drill one time, um, but so that everybody knew, here's what you do. Here's what you unplug. Somebody get the extension cord and run down the hall from the generator to the servers and plug them in. <laughs> 100% imagining Dwight from the office and the fire drill. That's exactly what I was about to say. All I can think about this whole time is, is the fire drill in the Nobody office. locked That's the fantastic. doors on us or started releasing <laughs> a bunch of smoke, but it's not far. And all I can think about is how effective the drill was because it's still emblazoned in your memory. Oh, I, I, yeah. If, you, yeah. if the breaker went off, I'm going to get the extension cord. That's when Jacob knew he was destined for business operations. Right. I think even now, if the power goes out wherever Matt is, he always runs for a generator. But, That's uh, exactly what I was about to say. He's, he's, he's always got a, uh, an extension cord next to him at all times. Muscle memory. So That's right. pretty true. If we want to go back to doing <laughs> drills of any kind, I am afraid of the security system at our office. So if you log me through that one, I'd, you know, <laughs> hey, I'm always ready to be prepared for any incident. So That uh, ring.com that ring is, is pretty intimidating. Are we sponsored by ring.com, by the way? Uh, we are now, as yeah. of right now. Yeah, Good. absolutely. Moment. Yeah. This uh, may not be laugh out loud funny, but uh, certainly kind of in the, the Hall of Fame memories of Speak is uh, a gentleman who will go unnamed, um, but uh, was quite the character and uh, lots of stories are told about him. Um, but as far as I know, was the uh, only individual uh, ever in the history of speak uh, to fall asleep uh, at their desk in their work chair, not, not head down on their desk like you might do in high school or something like that, but reclined back uh, and eventually weight shifted and so did the chair and out goes the, uh, the chair and, and he hits the ground and wakes up and uh, kind of gets back to work after that, which uh, we were just dying. Totally. Just the chair just dumped him on the floor. I think we have, <laughs> we could probably do a whole nother series on, on speak memories. Cause I know there's, there's a, there's a ton to go around. So there's at least four people who would listen to that. I want to ask you guys, not only Jacob, but the rest of our leadership team here, a few questions about uh, what growth has been like at speak over the years and, and some, maybe some helpful tips for other companies of our size that are growing. 
so first of all, um, when it's time, when you're seeing it's, it's coming on the horizon, the, the, the need to grow is going gonna, is gonna to happen. Uh, how can you tell for uh, when it's time to either step on the gas, start hiring, start acquiring more resources, or to just try to weather it out until you can try to get to that next step? Great question. Uh, it's, a, it's a question we have discussed a lot here um, because, at least at our place, I, I assume at a lot of other places, it almost always feels like, gosh, we need some more people. Um, there's always a lot of stuff going on, um, you know, lots of clients to deal with, lots of people on our team, and all of those things chew up time and you end up feeling like uh, there's not enough time in the day to get everything done. Therefore, it must be time to hire. The problem with that is the numbers don't always agree with that story. Um, and a lot of business owners get frustrated by that, that, um, you know, either, either they want to hire more or they're hearing from their team, gosh, we need more people. But then you look at the profit and loss statement and you're barely getting by and you don't really know why. And uh, a lot of times you got to chase down all the numbers and figure out, you know, where you're spending too much or where you're just losing, um, uh, you know, productivity, um, so it's, it's very difficult. It's, it's often even elusive. Um, you have to put in the time to really try to chase it down. But specifically as it re uh, relates to hiring, when we figure out whatever the metric is to measure capacity of a team. So let's take um, our digital marketing team. Uh, we build those services on an hourly basis in a retainer style. So we can look at that. Uh, that's probably the cleanest way to look at it and say, you know, um, we expect that our folks um, can produce 30 to 35 billable hours a week uh, and then multiply that, that out uh, over time. And what we want to see is that we bring on additional capacity when work demands it, uh, when we can actually quantify it and say, okay, we've sold this many more contracts, this many more retainers. Uh, now uh, we, can we can tally those hours up and say, yes, we are over capacity, let's hire. Uh, of course, um, you've got to stay diligent on that because you don't want to be late. You don't want to oversell it and then look up and suddenly um, now we decide we've got to hire, but we haven't even started taking resumes. And so it's going to be a month or two before we fill the position. So we're always taking resumes. We're always crunching the numbers um, and we're trying to stay uh, just ahead of the curve to where we can always deliver, but we're never having anybody sit around uh, with nothing to do. Yeah, I, I think that that's, I mean, certainly a part of our, of our overarching strategy. I think another thing that, that we're pretty good at is, um, you know, taking it when we, when we realize we, we might have a, uh, a bandwidth problem that one of the, the dimensions that we look at is, um, you know, what are the skill sets that exist within our team? And is there somebody who can be grown into uh, a position of need? Um, so we, we a lot of times will we'll at least spend the time um, kind of looking at our team and saying, okay, do we have the ability to fill this position internally without necessarily having to add uh, to our total payroll? Um, and, and we kind of make a commitment to that person to say, okay, well, we want to, we want to grow you and what it's going to take for you to be successful here, but we feel like you've got the raw tools, uh, to, to handle it. Um, and so that's, I think maybe, um, one of the things that, um, does 
set us apart um, is it's not a binary decision of uh, we can add somebody or not. Um, but there's kind of always this evaluation of, as Jacob said earlier, kind of the overall business operation. And, um, you know, you'll hear, you'll, you'll hear Jacob uh, kind of uh, talk about kind of the puzzle and getting the puzzle pieces in the right places a, a lot. Um, and I, I like that analogy because it, it, uh, it works on the assumption that we've got the right people here already. Um, and then of course we realize, Hey, we're, we've, we've just got to add somebody of this particular skill set, and we don't have somebody that we can kind of grow into it. Then yeah, let's, let's do that. Um, but it's a, it's a very considered, um, move for sure. Yeah. I think it's a tension to manage, right? Because you kind of live between like, do I need more people or do I need my people to work at a higher capacity because a mm -hmm. senior level person is going to work at a bigger capacity than a junior level. So if you focus on training or you look at tools, Hey, I can add a hundred dollars a month and get 20 more hours out of my employees because I'm cutting out a task that's taking way too long. Or, you know, there's always something that can be done there. And I think that exhausting those before you bring on someone else and are now responsible for their livelihood is, how I've been taught to kind of look at it. And so that is always a consideration as well. Do we need to grow or do we just need to do something a little different to make more room? Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, that's where we got to uh, at the beginning of, of this year and, and planning for the beginning of this year, last year. I remember uh, sitting in my office with Matt Roberts and uh, trying to answer the question uh, because we, we do have continual steady growth year over year. Uh, I think we probably average 15 to 20% year over year growth. Uh, because part, part of that is because our business model supports um, uh, retained clients. And so it's a bit like a snowball. Um, and certainly we're, we're losing clients, we're gaining clients, um, <clears throat> but more stick than, than fall off. And so the snowball gets bigger. Um, and because we're a services company, uh, the bigger and bigger that snowball gets, uh, the more people we uh, require uh, to service uh, all those clients. And so uh, the question came up, um, you know, when do we stop the snowball? You know, when do we stop hiring? Uh, because, you know, continuing on this trajectory, we'll be at that place where we're answering that question of, do we want to be 75 people strong or a hundred? Um, and I don't know that it was a, uh, a true answer to that question, but at least one insight from that discussion was, um, as Kendra just mentioned, we've got to invest more in our current team to get more out of our, our folks. Um, not that they were underperforming at all, but there's, um, there's just so much more that we all can grow. Uh, and if we pay attention to mentoring, to training, um, even internships, um, just leveraging all the options available to us to help our people grow, um, one, they're happier, they stay around longer, which, uh, which helps with productivity, uh, but also just in their day-to-day -day jobs, um, they begin to operate as a, as a master at their skill rather than uh, as somebody who's still kind of learning the ropes and, and making a lot of mistakes and wasting a lot of time. Um, I also want to point out that, you know, there is another option that's on the table uh, for salaried employees, and that is to, uh, to work them to death. Um, you know, when you need more capacity, you basically just say, you know, uh, what's the whole office space? Uh, um, yeah, I'm going to have to see you on Saturday. Um, that's just never been our culture. Um, I think that our approach there is, 
there are times when it's right to work over 40 hours. Um, but most of the time that, you know, that, that's not the case. Uh, most of the time the arrangement is um, we're going to put in a really solid 40 hours and we're going to get, uh, get home and see our families and, and do our own thing. And uh, as business leaders, it's our responsibility to not give in to the temptation to go with that easy option. So in 2020, remote work is, is like front and center now. And Speak has had remote, partially remote team, you know, going back for years. Um, so how do you guys manage uh, that kind of blended in-person, in-office team with the remote team? And as big changes happen, like, for example, this year, um, how do you help your employees, like, adapt and evolve over time? Yeah, I'll hop in. Uh, I... I I've been quite uh, entertained uh, seeing everybody on LinkedIn and other places uh, going remote for the first time um, and uh, fully aware that right now uh, it's, it's quite a novelty um, to be on Zoom and see everybody's picture and all that stuff. It's, it's funny that some organizations, um, you know, just, just haven't gotten there until now. Um, but what I know is coming uh, for groups is the novelty is going to wear off and the reality is going to set in of, Hey, it is really hard to maintain culture um, when we're distributed uh, for us uh, at speak. We're specifically distributed uh, through three, three major groups, uh, a headquarter in Memphis, Tennessee, a, a satellite office in Nashville, Tennessee, and then another team uh, that's about the same size as the Nashville uh, crew uh, that's full-time remote. And, um, the thing that I always end up saying when, when talking about this is uh, there's not a single uh, departmental team um, within our company that can meet all under one roof um, just because of our uh, distributed nature. And so we're constantly, you know, separated. We're constantly having to bridge that through Slack and through zoom. Um, and it's, it's maybe not our biggest challenge, but it's one of our biggest challenges just generally in our company is, uh, being a, a, uh, a service business and a people-oriented, people-first uh, company, how do we uh, create connection and uh, just drive culture that way? Um, so it's, it's, a, uh, it's a huge challenge for us, uh, but it's something that, uh, Kendra mentioned this phrase earlier, uh, is, it a, is it a problem to solve or is it, is it a tension to manage? Um, for us, it's not a solvable problem because we've committed to, to those three venues, the Memphis, Nashville, and Remote. Um, so we have to accept that we're not going back, um, but we're going to have uh, a little bit of tension in, um, things ever feeling quite like they could if we were under one roof. Um, so some of the things that we do, uh, is we talk about that tension a lot. Um, you know, Hey, we recognize that, uh, you know, having a birthday party uh, for somebody, uh, isn't as fun on zoom or it's a lot harder for us to say, Hey, uh, you know, as, as the company owner, Hey, I'm going to take everybody to lunch today on me. Um, those are just things that we, we used to do. Um, but we really can't do effectively anymore. Uh, th that happens, um, you know, through individual offices or sometimes we'll do, you know, DoorDash credits, uh, to our remote team. Um, but it's always going to be, you know, some notch or two less than what it could be if we were in person. Uh, the flip side of that is there's great flexibility and great uh, positives that come from supporting remote work that we can get into. 
Um, but we just have kind of acknowledged that it's always going to be a challenge. Yeah. As far as managing it, the things I've found that have been the most important are one to just create a space at the table so that even if someone's coming in on zoom screen and there's, you know, three or four people uh, in the room that are sitting around it, making sure that person feels just as empowered to say, Hey, I have something to say. Um, and then two, just pushing past those little idiosyncrasies we see that we're seeing all those people who are on zoom for the first time, like you're muted, Jim, you're muted. Um, you know, just having them understand that this is their voice and it needs to be heard. And so you've got to push past that, you know, put your best face forward and just say what you need to say, but also leaving space to make sure that they have that room, um, is important. And then I think that since they don't get that water cooler chat with people that, isn't planned uh, in an office space, just taking a couple minutes to check in on people, um, ask them, you know, how their animals are doing or whatever's important to them. That helps bridge the gap because then just communication feels more natural and you'll always get further that way. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things I was going to point out too, is that this is, is a weird space for me, first of all. Um, but what you miss as a remote, as a remote worker is being known. Um, and we all have a desire within us to be known. Um, some people it's greater than others. Some people it is, you know, I'm okay being known by just one or two people, which is classic introvert. And some people want to be known by a lot of people. Um, and so there's part of what I try to do is, uh, it, again, it's hard for me, but I try to make myself a little more known or knowable to other people. So I talk more about um, my family or what I'm doing or, kind of what's going on in my personal life um, because those are the things you would say around the water cooler or whatever that gives somebody a chance to kind of get to know you um, and know what's important to you or what you enjoy, those kinds of things. Uh, and then doing that as a manager uh, draws out other people's desire or, or they feel comfortable doing that as well when they see, Oh, Hey, Irvin talks about his dog and his, his daughter who is hilarious. Um, so I can do that too. Uh, and it's, it's, you know, you don't have to be all work all the time, um, which is kind of my natural bent. And so, uh, if it's working, then that's great, but, uh, it's, it's an intentional effort. And I think it's, uh, like Jacob said, it's not something that we're going to, uh, we're going to roll back, um, at all. Yeah. I think another <clears throat> contributing factor is, is we've been doing it so long that I think that, um, mm -hmm. there are there are some kind of best practices practices that have been in place for us so long that like they don't even enter kind of the, the first thought around this discussion. And that's like, um, I just think about like, you know, I, I think some of the concern of having a remote team or distributed team is like just accountability. Um, and like, do you have systems in place to, to be able to say, Hey, is, you know, who is doing what and are we making the right kind of progress? And so, you know, looking at your systems that you've got, um, you know, if everybody's under one roof, we can sit down uh, at the at the table all together uh, every morning and go through a status check of everything. Um, you know, when, when you've got 45 folks kind of flung, flung all over uh, the states, um, you just, you don't have that capacity. I mean, certainly you can, you can do a Zoom meeting and, and you can do stand-ups and that kind of stuff, but we also just have, have systems um, like, you know, CRMs and project management systems um, and just some of the other kind of key components to just help us 
uh, have visibility over, over how folks are doing and what they're doing. And, you know, we've got the ability to kind of check in on folks if, if we feel like, hey, you know, haven't, haven't been able to see, you know, progress from somebody uh, this week. I hope they're doing okay. Let me check in. And, and it's not about the progress that they made. It's, it's about, you know, how are, the, how are they as a person and, and do I need to come along and, and support them in some way? So I'll close it out with one last question. And Jacob, I'll just direct this one to you um, to close it out on this note. Over the last 20 plus years is over the kind of growth and evolution of our team and of Speak, uh, is there anything that stood out to you uh, or anything that surprised you other than just the sheer headcount of, of what's changed and what's evolved over time? Man, that's a, that's a really interesting question. I, when you say surprise me, I don't know that I've got an answer there. Um, but I think if the question were, uh, you know, what's kind of the, the big takeaway? Um, to me, the thing that I've learned most is I've got to loosen my grip on the reins. Um, for this thing to be what it could be. Um, and that, that starts with me personally. Um, some of the folks that have been around for a long time can attest, uh, I hope, to some pretty significant uh, kind of uh, insecurities and, and, and kind of leadership uh, style changes in me. Um, the, the classic example was, you know, I used to be that guy uh, you know, watching the door when everybody arrived in the morning and, uh, would get, um, n- never irate. Um, but you know, we get on people's case about rolling in five, 10 minutes late. Um, and that is, uh, not at all the case now. Um, and so, you know, kind of this idea of, you know, people are who they are. Um, I, I feel like there's room for change. Um, and I think, uh, especially business owners who, have a, a right to be concerned about the company and a right to see what they spend, uh, get a good return. There's also got to be some freedom given uh, to let the people that uh, that are under your charge to develop and to take ownership of things um, and, and lead things out in a direction. Um, you know, if we were to rewind 10 or 15 years and you asked me to kind of describe what we would look like in 2020, um, I'm sure I would have done a terrible job getting anywhere close to where we're at right now. Um, and, and I've always been against any sort of long range planning just because um, I don't, I'm not very good at it, I guess. Uh, it's so hard. It's so hard to know. Um, but looking back, I can see um, just this kind of steady um, progress, steady evolution, learning things, changing things, um, sensing the market, making moves based on that. Uh, that have brought us to where we are today. And if anywhere along the way um, I had been too tight on the reins or too insistent on what I thought, uh, I'm sure that I would have just driven it into the ground. Um, So that's what I would encourage the folks is, is take care of the business, pay a lot of attention to it for sure. um, But also let people in and be a part of the process um, because you never know where it's going to go. And it probably can't go, where it could without them. You know, long, uh, long range planning. One of my favorite uh, athlete quotes is from Mike Tyson when he said, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. <laughs> I mean, it, it fits, right? Yeah. yeah I'm thinking I mean, of a Wayne Gretzky quote that I can't remember what it was specifically. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. <laughs> well, you definitely can't top that quote. 
our signature catchphrase of our podcast. Well, thank you guys. Whoa. Yes. Thank you guys for another, uh, as we say, great ep. And uh, we'll uh, talk again soon. Well, that's it for today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Many thanks to Jacob for joining us and offering up some wisdom. Always enjoy hearing those stories from the crazy ride that has been the 20 plus years of Speak history so far. If you want to learn more about Jacob and Speak Creative, head over to madebyspeak.com to find out more about our agency. And while you're checking out madebyspeak.com, I'd encourage you to read the latest articles on our blog. Always something new and exciting there, so keep an eye out for even more updates coming up. As always, if you have feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Speak is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Whichever you prefer, we're there. If you enjoyed the show, I'd ask you to subscribe and leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. And from myself, our panel today, and all of us at Speak, thank you for getting a little off topic with us. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm, yeah. I have boys. I'm lost in the woods. Oh, we're still recording. Oh, that's not good. <laughs>